and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circuses podcast. I am Rooster here with my favorite white supremacist and domestic terrorist, Crow. Hello. <laughs> you forgot uh, fabulous. It's Pride Month. Uh, that's not what I was shooting for. Oh. Pride Month. What's that? That's to be prideful. To to revel in the sin of pride. What? That's what. That's for what I understand to be. <laughs> I. What's Pride Month? Reveling in the sin of pride. Reveling in the sin of pride. Why do they have? Why don't they have six other months for all the other ones? Because uh, they're not as fierce. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to have you say it's uh, gay and lesbian awareness, and I was going to say, oh, I don't see sexuality. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, you're supposed to. Well, I mean, and you're supposed to teach it to children. Frequently on the internet, I see it. Most but, importantly, <laughs> teach it to children. <laughs> Yeah, because having a 14-year-old son, if you want to talk about anything that has to do with girls, he's just like, ooh, cut it out. That's why I got to get to him early. <laughs> then it normalizes it. See, it makes it very easy. Very, very easy. <sighs> we joke. We, we joke. Cause, <laughs> because, <laughs> because we have to. Otherwise, why are you winking? Otherwise, I'd go on a, like a rage-fueled murder spree. Yeah, you know what's funny? Uh, part of the reason we haven't, recorded on time the last couple weeks is uh uh my kids play baseball four times a day every day of the week and uh i don't know what it is you do but you've been busy (laughs) so we uh we're driving past a church on the way to one of our tournaments and it's got this big rainbow flag outside of it and my son goes what the hell is that doing there and i said wow they're trying to say they're all welcoming he made this great point he goes it's a church he goes they're supposed to be welcoming. Why are they signaling to those people? Well, it's the same thing as having a, a Hmong church or a Native American church where they say right on the sign, Native American Church of Christ or Hmong Church of whatever. That's They're saying, these are the people we want here. Everybody yeah. else, stay the fuck out. But he goes, he goes, is that what virtue signaling is? I'm like, ah, yes. You should tell him too. It's like, um, how, many, how many different colors are on that flag? How many are they excluding? How exclusionary are they? Because every every time you look at the flag, there's another color. Now they've got a new design where it's not only just a rainbow. Now they've got like a V cut into the rainbow. Have you seen it? No. That has like more colors. Like so the so the colors are in a geometric design on the side of the flag. So there's the 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 lateral um, colors. You know, uh, just like a regular American stripe flag kind of thing. Okay. And then off to the left side, there's a V cut into it with more stripes within the V that have different colors. So there's there's colors for for races now too. There's because brown. people weren't special enough. Well, it's it's signifying the special um, challenges that POCs have in the gay community. So you have to represent that too. Can you hear my eyes rolling? Yeah, I mean it's very difficult to keep up with. It's it's almost exhausting. But you know, for everybody else's benefit, I stay on top of these things. Everybody's got an excuse for every fucking thing that happens to them nowadays. <laughs> you know, I there was uh, they're talking about Biden's summit that he just had with. Uh, well, sorry, it wasn't a summit so much as the ass kicking Vladimir Putin delivered upon him. Well, Macron even a French president. Did you see that? No, there's, there's two pictures of a French president berating Biden. It looks like it, at least. So Biden's sitting at a table and Macron's standing there over him. Like leaning over him. Does he have his foot up on the chair? Just like, about. He's got he his mansplaining fin- he's got his, to him. He's got his finger point. He's French splaining. He's got <laughs> he's got his finger pointed at Biden, and Biden is like kind of trying to wave him off, but has his this very defeated look. So he hitting him with a baguette. <laughs> and, then, and then the next picture is just Biden with his hands in his lap, kind of head bowed, and Macron with his finger pointed at his chest, leaning over him, going, "You will fucking do this, you old fuck." <laughs> I mean, I'm, I can just assume what he's saying. Or was he going Chicago? Bang bang. Old fuck. Sorry, I used the wrong accent. Say hello to my little friend. Well, I guess that's the wrong accent. My French accent goes everywhere. Yeah, you just have to remember to go. Suck on this. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. So that actually, so, what he was doing was saying, "Try the soup, Joe." Yeah, there, there we go. So Macron um, uh, punked him. Putin, Putin uh, has been punking him since before it even started. Oh God, yeah. And and now now Biden's been you know trying to say no. I I I, I did very well with that. Yeah, I showed him a whole and, list of stuff he can't cyber yeah, attack. And the media, yeah, and the media even um, are, are trying to cover for him as always. But some some woman shouted out something to him at a. At the end of the uh, at the end of the summit when he was having a yeah that's what I wanted to get to a okay. CNN reporter said something to him about like well what do you what makes you think he's going to behave now what makes yeah. you sure that why, confident why are you confident he's going to behave and Biden just turns around and starts berating her and and uh, you know Glenn Greenwald even goes hey how is he allowed to just yell at a woman like that yeah and part of me is like well why was it a big deal when Trump did it yeah. You know, I mean, I understand the double standard Glenn, well, he even Glenn told, Greenwald's he, coming to. He even told her, it was like, it's like you don't even know what you're doing. Why are you even in this job, basically? He's like, this guy is Did he else. put his foot up on the chair and point I mean, at he her? He probably tried. Yeah. He probably couldn't lift his leg far enough. Yeah. <laughs> Just pees down oh. it. <laughs> um, but my point is, I understand Glenn Greenwald's point about, you know, the hypocrisy of not going after Biden for going after the female reporter. But back to the thing about the flag... We're at a point now where if you say something to a person of color that, you know, it's like, shut up, dumbass. They're like, oh, that's racist because I'm a person of color. No, it's because you're a dumbass. Yeah. That's not to say all people of color are dumbasses. It just means that you in particular, who happen to be a person of color, are first and foremost a dumbass. You know, everybody's got some spe- – you're just saying that to me because I'm a woman. Or you're saying that to me because I'm, you know, Hindu. Or you're saying – whatever. No, I'm saying it to you because what you did was stupid. You know, you can't you can't say anything about someone without them making about their special identity. And pretty soon that gay pride flag is going to be so cut up with little indents and circles and uh, flags sticking off the flags. It's not going to mean anything. Eventually, they're going to have to consolidate into one color and and one symbol. And uh, I think, you know what it's going to be? I think just red and a fist. Do you know what? Do you know what you get when you when you add all the colors together? Um, mud? White. Oh. If you put all the primary colors together, it turns white. Well, we could do that. Or I think it, what it'll end up being is just be a big red flag with a star on it or a fist or something. Yeah. Like, you know, Marxist. <laughs> yeah, you know, like something that, oh, like a big red flag with like a hammer and sickle or some right. stars. That's pretty or much like what that. it'll coalesce into. Yeah, probably. And that's what we're getting to. I mean, that's the whole point of it, really. All this, all the, all the critical race theory, critical theory in general, all this um, the woke bullshit, all the uh, LGBT, all this anti-family rhetoric is how Marxists get their foot in the door to get Marxism, you know, rolling is to destroy the family and and raise, you know, brainwashed kids, which See, is what I, they've been doing for years. I think it's good that people like AOC are saying, "I don't think I want to have kids." Good, don't. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah don't. Let those of us who have like some family. But what they're trying to do is to, to take your ability to, you know, teach your kid values and say no, you can't do that. If if your kid says if they've been indoctrinated into the cult of fucking queer, and they come home one day and go, you know what, I'm a, like this video that just came out recently. I don't know if you saw this. This girl comes out and goes, you know what, I just realized the other day, I'm a guy, and then all the students and the girls around her are like. And then she goes, and uh, I have to go home. And my, I told my mother, and I have to go home. And she dead names me, and she uses all the wrong pronouns. It's very hurtful. And I'm like, yeah, because because you're being fucking retarded. You've been brainwashed into thinking that you're a guy. Um, I'm a guy because you've got something like these, uh, this queer um, um, movement that use the the techniques of cults, which is like love bombing. Have you heard of that term? Yeah. What they do is they take these kids, especially these younger kids that feel ostracized. You know, kids are always, you know, their hormones are fluctuating and they feel like uh, outsiders. And they, they give them a home. They give them love. They give them validation. Isn't that and what pedophiles do, too? That's it, too. So cults, pedophiles, they love bomb. And that's what's happening to these kids. And then they go home and they tell their parents, yeah, uh, I'm a guy. When, there's a, when they're a girl and the parent goes, no, you're not. Your name is, you know, Samantha, not Sam. And uh, we're not going to call you, you know, him, him, he. And then they, then they run off to the courts and go, yeah, I think uh, you need to put my parents in jail. And pretty soon that's what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, I mean, it already happens in Canada. There's a guy that 
had lost custody of his daughter or his son, who his his ex-wife basically groomed to become trans. Well, there's one in Texas like that, too. And, well, but in Canada, this guy refused to call his son. I'm, I don't know if it was one way or the other, his girl a boy or a boy a girl. And he refused, and he ended up getting jail time in, in uh, Canada. Yeah, Jordan Peterson said that was going to happen. Yeah. He's like, it's going to happen. So, oh, but no, that'll never happen. I don't know. I still think you just teach your kids, you know, normal stuff, and they come out reasonably normal. It's the... Yeah, but you have to fight and fight and fight against well, yeah. indoctrination. But I mean, you need to be you need to be involved in what your kids are learning. I finally, you know, my oldest is he's pretty steadfast in his beliefs. He's he's way more into politics than I wish he was. But he actually came home and was talking about uh, from a social studies class about how um, you know Africa is such a messed up uh, continent because of white people. I go, how do you figure? And he goes, well, you know, because they came in and they colonized and they did all this. I said, yeah, like 200 years ago. Yeah. I said, how come these countries can't get their shit together? But it, there's proof that it happened. Wakanda forever. Yeah. So he says, uh, he says, well, you know, they, they came and they stole the best and brightest. And I said, okay, first of all, I said, he loves Thomas Sowell. I'm like, I told him the Thomas Sowell test. I do go to Google, type Thomas Sowell, type anything slavery, whatever. He'll set you straight. And uh, he did. He was like, oh, my God, this didn't happen like I thought it did. It's like, no, it wasn't It wasn't like on the TV show Roots where these white guys chased down black guys with nets and threw them on a ship. It was other tribes sold, you know, slaves to... To everybody in the world. To everybody. Yeah. I mean, Not hey, just Europeans. Hey, guess what? Native Americans did it, too. Yeah. Arabs... Arabs bought slaves, and they were very brutal to their slaves. Everybody did it. Yeah. You know, it's not to say it's right, but slavery is not something that's unique to the United States. Or white people. Exactly. So, anyway, he started reading up on it. He's like, man, they just they got this wrong. And I'm like, yeah. But you have to have these discussions with your kids. You can't just assume that, you know, kids know what they're talking about. And you know what? There are things that maybe you you think that are wrong. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't understand uh, something either, but this, if you are involved in your kid's education, it means you're reading and you're learning something, you know, so, and sometimes you're setting your kids straight. Well, yeah, it's not, but it's not just schools too. It's the, just the, you know, the general cultural programming they get. And that's one thing that happens is with all this anti-white, white rhetoric, that's just been amping up. Um, you're getting more and more of these stories of, like uh here's what happened here's a headline from the atlanta journal constitution so the police say alabama georgia shooting spree oh, was oh, racially the police motivated say. the police yeah. say it and here's a quote uh i had to have him the suspect allegedly tell allegedly tells police about one of the shooting victims a 39 year old man accused of shooting and wounding five people in alabama and georgia told police his assaults were racially motivated and he was targeting white men a detective testified monday Columbus Ledger Inquirer reported that a police detective testified in a preliminary hearing that Justin Tyron Roberts, who is black, told police that white men had, quote, picked on him and wronged him for all of his life. Basically explained throughout his life, specifically white males had taken from him and also what he described as military-looking white males had taken from him. Detective Brandon Lockhart testified, according to the paper. Uh, he was accused of shooting five people and three separate assaults in Columbus, Georgia, and Phoenix City, Alabama. All victims are expected to recover. Um, the chief added pol police found no evidence that Robertson knew any of his victims. So he targeted him specifically because they're white and he, um, was programmed to think that they're out to get him. So uh, I guarantee you that every instance of him being, you know, racially targeted will be in his mind. will be like, yeah, someone treated me bad because I'm black. And you go, okay, show me. And he goes, this is what happened. You go, that had nothing to do with your race. It was just because you're being an asshole. Oh, so you're saying because he's a, he's black, he's an asshole? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Well, let me tell you what really happened with this, okay? The cops decided that they needed some, uh, these uh, racist cops decided they needed some distracting PR. So they went out and shot a bunch of white people. Notice they didn't kill any of them. They just wounded them, right? That's, there's your perfect, that's proof of white supremacy right there. Okay, because okay. they wouldn't kill any of them. They just wound them. Then they found this upstanding young man who I'm guessing has no criminal record whatsoever. 
right? And uh, who is a legal firearms owner, but they didn't use any of his. They took some guns that had like filed down serial numbers, you know, that they stole from mm-hmm. white guys who sell mm-hmm. meth. Mm-hmm. And uh, they beat him up, hauled him out of his home where his wife and his two kids were, you know, <laughs> where he was going to be going, oh. going to his job the next morning. That's funny. Know, driving his Toyota Corolla. And, not a uh, Prius. No, not a Prius. Okay. By the way, one of his kids is named Corolla. And uh, beat him up and uh, wiped down the guns and put them into his hands. And then mm-hmm. when he said, hey, what, what's going on here? They hit him in the mouth repeatedly. So you couldn't understand what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And then they just said he confessed to us. He made up what he said, yeah. He confessed to us that he shot. Typical. Yeah, ex- that's exactly what happened. And the fact that no white people were killed in the making of that story is just proof that mm. I'm right. I guess I guess you could be. Boom. Mic trap. <laughs> well, at least according to the Columbus police chief who sought to reassure people that the downtown business dis- district known as Uptown the downtown business di- district known as Uptown is safe. He goes, Uptown is safe. The recent shooting uh, shooting incidents that occurred in the last 24 hours have been isolated incidents. We do not, we have not received any information that would indicate there's anyone else involved in these shooting incidents other than the person we have in custody or the, or the, the, or the seven or eight cops who did it too. Yeah, or, or let's just say the, the hundreds of other um, people that have been programmed to think that whitey's out to get blacks and that they're uh, on edge. Well, but I think this story is proof that they are. Okay. See, the reason the cops... There, I wonder people listening here are like, these guys are schizophrenic. <laughs> <laughs> the reason the cops can say for certain that it's safe is the cops have decided they're not shooting any more white people today. Mm, okay. You know? Well, at least a Texas newspaper refuses to publish description of Matt, the mass shooting suspect, because it would perpetuate stereotypes. So at least they're doing the right thing, right? What stereotype would they perpetuate? Exactly, because aren't there stereotypes now that it's white guys yeah, going it's out a white doing guy mass crime. shootings? So yeah, so I guess according to Blaze, a prominent Texas news outlet refused to publish the police-provided description of a suspect believed to be responsible for a mass shooting in Austin, Texas, over concerns that doing so would be perpetuating I was, was going to say, was it like uh, Austin Daily News or something like that? Police in Austin, the capital of the Lone Star State, announced 14 people were injured after at least one person opened fire on people in Austin's historic 6th Street after 1 a.m. Saturday. Huh, another story of a mass shooting of people. I wonder if this guy was targeting people because of their, their lack of melanin. The perpetrator apparently fired at random. Police did not know the motive, and they said gang-related activity had not been ruled out. However, law enforcement said they believed the incident was an isolated event. Well, at least it was isolated. So we don't have to worry about it's these To 14 anymore. people. Yeah, and it's not going to happen anymore, just like the one in, in Alabama. It was isolated incident. It won't, these, won't, these things won't keep happening. Nope, All they right? won't. So... Um, when divulging details about the mass shooting, police provided a description of the sus- suspected perpetrator, explaining they were searching for a black male wearing a black shirt with a skinny build and with dreadlocks. However, the Austin American Statesman, one of Texas' most prominent newspapers, refused to publish that description, claiming they would be perpetuating stereotypes if they did. So uh, the newspaper placed the following editor's note at the end of the story. Here's the editor's note. Police have only released a vague description of the suspected shooter as of Saturday morning, the Austin American Statesman is not including the description as is, as is it, sorry, as it is too vague at this time to be useful in identifying the shooter and such publication could be harmful and perpetuating stereotypes. If more detailed information is released, we'll update our reporting. So what, so they are assuming that what's the stereotype that all black men are violent. Yeah, they're assuming it. They're not assuming that, there's a, a stereotype of black men being mass shooters. That's not the stereotype. The stereotype is just plain old black people are violent. That's the that's that's what they're assuming. I think this is. I'm not sure they even know what they're saying. I don't think other so than this way we won't get sued. But it's also that that projection thing that we've talked about that the left loves doing. That yeah. They don't even know they're doing it half the time. Hey, look. The president said, "Poor or uh, poor kids are just as smart as white kids." Yeah. You know. Yep. So I don't, I don't know. It's, we're going to get more of the same, especially when there's states that are out like, um, Ron DeSantis is banning critical race theory being taught in schools, I guess. Um, but what about a bunch of other states that are allowing it? And it's, and a lot of times these leftists are smart enough to know how to 
how to just rephrase, rephrase the language in order to, to get what they want in the in the system in the system. So they'll pretty soon now that they've been kind of outed and critical race theory is a bad word now, they're just going to change it to something else. To, and so it's going to sound flowery and until somebody figures out, wait a minute, this is just repackaged critical race theory. Um, yeah, but there are more and more people all the time. There's more news stories about it. People just saying, screw it, I'm done. And they're pulling their kids out of public schools. There's teachers who are leaving public schools. You know, I like I've said for two years now, I think we're seeing the beginning of the end for public school education as it exists in this country. I just I it's not going to be able to hold up. There's too many people are bailing out and it'll still be there, but it's not going to be the indoctrination factory for the entire country that it used to be. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah, I hope not, too. But. <laughs> There's another story kind of related from Alpha News about violent crime surged in these cities after mass Black Lives Matter anti-police protest. So the number of murders alone increased by 36.7% in 2020 compared to 2019. And guess guess what cities, our city that we live in, Minneapolis is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, violent crime increased 70% in low-income communities and 30% in high-income neighborhoods in Minneapolis, which means that it's spreading out. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think you're safe in the suburbs, the first and second tier suburbs in Minneapolis, think again. We're safer. Lock your windows and doors. Oh, God. Turn yeah. on your alarm system. Get a dog, a big one, <sighs> and arm yourself. Yeah, we had some Legally. neighbors. We had some neighbors who uh, had um, someone break into their garage. Not break in. Their garage was open uh, in the morning, like 6 in the morning, you know, while they were doing Someone walked in and rifled through their cars. I know someone who works at a laundromat and they were talking to one of their customers and it was a black woman and she's fed up with the BLM shit because she, she sees what a hypocrisy it all is and how bullshit it is. Um, but she was saying that she has a, like a seven year old son and they were at, I can't remember where she said, where he said she was, it wasn't at the laundromat, but she was at somewhere outside in the car. So it was like, Let's just say it was a laundromat because it was something along those lines. But she was like had a seat kick back, like resting in her car. Mm-hmm. And then her son slept in the back seat. And she woke up to this noise. That, she goes, what the fuck? She gets up, looks under her car. There's some Hispanics under there trying to cut out her catalytic converter. She just turned it on and gun it? While she was in the car. No, she, I mean, yeah, well, she screamed at him and they, they scoot out from under the car. And then... One of them ran off, and the other one kind of, like, tried to confront her, but then she chased him up, and then she got in her car and started chasing him down. And as she said, after a few blocks, I was like, what am I doing? She had, you know, she stopped. She goes, why am I, what what I think I'm going to do when I catch him? You know? But, I mean, she was thinking about running him over, obviously, because she was just so pissed off. But it's like, you know, there are people, like, in the city. That was an inner city. A woman in the inner city um, saying that this happened to her. And she goes, fuck Black Lives Matter. You think they care that something like that's happening to, to, to people like me and my child? Think they give a shit? No, they don't. Well, let's face it. I mean, the George Floyd thing, they say they want justice for George Floyd. Look, the cops that are involved have been arrested. The one who put his knee on his neck is going to jail for a very long time. Yeah. So what other justice do you want? You know, stop raising this guy up like he was some saint. He was a convicted felon. Yeah. Violent crime. You know, he wasn't a good guy. And the city should stop doing this. Well, you know, no, we understand. You know, we'll, what we'll do, you need to open up George Floyd Square and we'll we'll help you. We'll pay to build that memorial to him. What? Don't use tax fucking money to pay, make a memorial to a piece of shit. Yeah. If they want to make a memorial, let them make a memorial. Pay the money for it and put it somewhere where it's not in a fucking um, in, in the roadway. Yeah. Assholes. Fucking tired of it. They need a mayor that comes in there and goes, you got 24 hours. So violent crime increased 7%, I said, um, and 30% in, in high-income neighborhoods. Some neighborhoods experienced as much as 36% more violent crime. Homicides, assaults, shootings, robberies all ticked up, according to the Star Tribune, which is Minneapolis paper. You know what it is? It's roving gangs of white supremacists. That's according to the president and the FBI, yeah. Yeah. Overall, murder in the city increased 72.3% in t- uh, 2020 compared to 2019. And according to Asher, I don't know who Asher is. I kind of skipped ahead here. But, um, quote, I can sell drugs here. I can shoot here. They carry guns. They don't care about anything. Bilal Hijazi, an owner of a gas station in Minneapolis, told the Star Tribune. Hijazi said criminals were emboldened by the lack of police officers. No shit. Uh, Minneapolis City Council voted in favor of a res- resolution to dismantle its police department in June. 
Council also approved a measure to cut the police budget. Uh, as crime increased and law enforcement response time increased, citizens came together to form watch groups and erect barricades defending their neighborhoods. Yeah, that's not exactly what happened. What happened is gangs are taking over the neighborhoods. Those barricades that are putting up, it's just to keep other gangs out or to keep the right people in, the right people out, and to be able to conduct their business, you know, and, and w- without worry of, you know, getting uh, rolled up on by a squad car. So this is not, it's not uh, watch groups doing this. And then you've got the city of Minneapolis paying, quote unquote, former gang members to be security in Brooklyn former. Center. Yeah, quote unquote, former, former gang members to be security in places like Brooklyn Center. Keep using that word. I don't think and, it means. In Minneapolis. Um, and saying, no, no, this is a community-led effort. Um, the city's not involved here, but behind the scenes, they're giving them hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know what the worst part about this is, though? Is that no one could see this coming. <laughs> I just, I mean, it just snuck right up on everybody. It was, yeah. hey, justice for George Floyd. Next thing you know, everybody's getting their catalytic converters. Look, there's going to be some short-term turmoil to build this utopia. <laughs> it's just how it's going to be. You know, again, you keep using words like this. I don't think you know what those <laughs> words mean. All right. Uh, let's get to something really important. All right. That uh, Victoria's Secret is no longer going to sell lingerie. No? No. I didn't hear that. They're getting rid of their angels because, you know, that must be hateful or something. Although the runway women that they put in their their, uh, sexy time commercials. Because the world is tired of looking at beautiful women. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a sign of the patriarchy and it's not body positivity. Well, I mean, honestly, they could add a few pounds to these women. Oh, yeah. I mean. they're, They're a little... There's they're a little thin, <laughs> a little. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now there's a couple of them. I can't. I can't. I don't know them by name, but there's a couple of them that are, you know, pretty voluptuous. Yeah, most of them though. When you're when you're six feet tall and weigh 110 pounds, yeah. not attractive. Anyway, um, their uh, their new one of their new spokeswomen is going to be Megan Rapino. Yeah, I deserve this. <laughs> I see that subway. I see that subway commercial where she's like kicking a ball at people and knocking food out of their hands yeah. and stuff like that. And I mean, she really is an asshole. She is. Yeah, she. Uh, she's the uh, what the star, the w- women's. Uh, I think she was star. I think she was a captain Olympics or some yeah. shit. And the one part of the team, uh, one of the. Sorry, I just burped. One of the team, uh, part of a team that got beat by fourteen-year-old boys. 13-year-old boys. Yeah. In, in, a, in a, Well, it was an exhibition. They weren't really trying. Um, <laughs> Again, I'll say, I, the score of that game, I believe, was 4-2. to two. When it was 2 to nothing, they may not have been trying. Do you think they were trying after yeah. that? And she, she gave some sort of speech, I don't know, at, at one of these sporting events. And um, she was talking about how impressive their team is. And they got all kinds of, of people. It's very diverse. They've got pink hair. They've got blue hair. <laughs> gay and lesbian hey and i was like you know so diverse so diverse (laughs) they get their ass kicked by yeah that's what really matters though how diverse they are and the fact that they don't get paid as much as the male um soccer players football actually they they do they get paid more yeah probably more they get paid a higher percentage of their league's revenue yeah so and they lost that court case so 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 megan rapino's one then there's a tranny for another one we can't call them trannies we just have to call them ugly men okay <laughs> all right let's do that then um yeah you know you know who i picture they're gonna have as one of their new runway models is that what's her name that british body positivity test something oh yeah fowler or something like that i can't remember god she's a big woman yeah <laughs> i do you, do you remember got a real pretty face <laughs> <laughs> and a great personality do you remember uh, when Dennis Miller used to do Saturday Night Live, the reading the the news, mm-hmm. and he would just put in these just lines in between stories? And he, <laughs> I'll never forget this line because you can apply it to so many people. There was a woman uh, on on TV at the time, Nell Carter, this big black woman on a show called Give Me a Break. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> he would say, just like in between the story, he goes, damn, that Nell Carter's a big woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think of that Tess, what's her name? Mm-hmm. I, okay, if you're going to weigh 
350 pounds, you don't have a gland problem. You got to stuff in too much shit. Well, remember, she problem. said she's anorexic. I don't remember, remember that. Yeah, I, I thought I brought that up. She uh, she came out and said that she's anorexic, and she's upset the fact that people were scoffing at the fact that she was anorexic, but weighing as much as she weighs, because she actually should weigh more. Oh, my God. <laughs> she actually said that. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, we are in crazy world. <laughs> all the mentally ill people are just getting, you know, getting all the um, accolades, the attention, the... I don't know. It's just we're in a we're in a weird time. All I have to say to Victoria's Secrets is do it. Lean in. Go a hundred percent. Just yeah. see what happens. I I can't wait to see what happens. But then all the beautiful women, what are they going to do? Same thing. How are they going to live? Same thing they've always done. <laughs> how are they going to live? Yeah, are they going to have to find a good good man? I just don't know how they're going to get gonna married. Make is that what's going to happen? That would suck. Raise a family. Terrible. How. How patriarchal of you. That would be horrible. That that would set back the cause by 100 years. You just want them barefoot and pregnant, don't you? No, what I'm saying is I want I want to I want the colors to coalesce sooner into that red flag. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that. Yeah. I'm being schizophrenic again. <laughs> yeah. All right, something we uh, we argued about before the show started that I want to get to. Okay. So, um, BlackRock. Now, is that a Coke company? I don't know, but I, I pulled up an article on it. Um, the Coke Brothers? From the American Thinker. The headline here is BlackRock Owns America's Homes and a Whole Lot Else by Andrea Widberg. So I'll start real quick and you can jump in. Okay. Um, if you've been thinking of buying a house, you've probably noticed that house prices are soaring everywhere, not just in the usual preferred zip codes. You might have thought this is simply because of market deformations thanks to COVID and the lockdowns. In fact, the soaring prices reflect something much more sinister. BlackRock, an investment company, is buying up housing stock, turning America into a nation of renters. That is, people with no stake in their communities or their futures. However, what's really sinister is that it's not just housing stock. BlackRock, along with the Vanguard Group, owns a disproportionate number of American corporations, more than even you realize. Uh, let's start off with the housing stock issues. Here's the short Tucker Carlson segment about the way the multinational investment company BlackRock is driving up prices and decreasing housing stock by buying up whole communities. So there's, a, I'm not going to watch this, but Tucker, if Tucker talks about it, you know it's serious. Mm -hmm. You know it's the real deal. So she goes, what Tucker and Pedro Gonzalez described is bad and should have you deeply worried. What's worse is something I learned about some some months ago, but sat on because I wasn't quite sure what to do with it. It's a video made by a Dutch woman in which, using publicly available information, she points out that very few corporations are the personal playgrounds of millionaires and billionaires. Instead, most of them trace back to BlackRock and the Vanguard Group. For example, if you think Coke and Pepsi are competitors, they might be at a micro level, but at a macro level, both have the same primary owners, BlackRock and the Vanguard Group. If you don't want to watch the videos or don't have 45 minutes to spare, you can read the transcript, which she links to. Isn't that, isn't that the same? Watch the video, read the transcript. Uh, Still the same 45 minutes. Uh, well, if you're a speed reader. The following is just one segment of the video to give you flavor. Uh, we're not going to go into that. Uh, this is almost over, though. So she goes, when I first watched the video, I decided that it was too conspiratorial for my taste, or as I like to describe it, something using imaginary dots to connect invisible lines. I might have ignored it forever if it hadn't been for Tucker's segment about BlackRock. And with the recent revelations about Bill Gates, it suddenly mattered that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Clinton Foundation, which I long presumed to be entirely corrupt, have a lot of fingers in a lot of pies, most of, or all of which are tied to Vanguard and BlackRock. Once upon a time, I might also have shrugged off concerns about institutional investors owning everything. After all, institutional investors are what enable ordinary people through mutual funds and other large funds to have a chance at investing in the stock market and moreover to have professionals manage their money. However, I recently began rethinking that viewpoint when I realized that the fact that institutional investors ultimately own the shares in most corporations probably explains why there haven't been shareholder lawsuits when corporations have made social justice decisions that cause their shares to decrease in value, e.g. Uh, Gillette's woke ad. Uh, while ordinary shareholders might once have objected, the institutional shareholders don't because they hold the same value as the woke corporations. Everything is intended to steer American society and European society in a single direction. So maybe this is all lunatic fringe craziness, or maybe Tucker's point about BlackRock and that Dutch lady's video point to 
point the way to something that ought to worry us a lot. So, you know what? For the most part, I like Tucker, except for that stupid face he makes. But, uh, and, you know, I'm not really a conspiracy theorist. I find theorist. it endearing, by the way. Yeah, you do. His squinty face. You would. Brian Stelter makes the same face and you find it annoying. <laughs> yeah, because he looks like a jumbo. Kind of does. He really does. Um, but I do think this is all conspiracy BS. And let me explain why. Um, it doesn't matter that larger corporations own more stuff, okay? Whether Pepsi or Coke, uh, let's just use that example, whether or not they're competitors. It doesn't matter if they're competitors. You know, you still get to buy their product at a decent price if you like their product. You don't have to. They're not making you. Um, if you want, you can go on TD Ameritrade and buy stock in either company. By the way, they're both dividend companies, and they'll pay you to own their stock. So for 50 bucks, you know, Coke will pay you. Uh, if that stock appreciates in value because the company is trying to buy the value up, guess what? You get to benefit from that too. So it doesn't matter who owns that. Most of that, most of the stock in the stock market is owned by hedge funds or, uh, or um, professional investment groups, you know, J.P. Morgan, Merrill Lynch, all that. That's fine. You can, you can be part of that. You can just put your money in and your wealth can grow with them. And so I just, it, it doesn't really matter that much. And when it comes to this housing thing, I just don't understand where the conspiracy is coming from when people say, well, they're paying an extra $30,000, dollars $50,000 for homes. Okay, but they're not making you buy one. You can wait until the market corrects. And the market's going to correct because historically it always does. And these companies cannot continue to profit by paying that much more for those homes. And on top of that, what they're not telling you is a lot of these homes are being bought by Chinese nationals right? because their own government can take their money from them anytime they want. If you live in the Chinese, uh, uh, the CCP, the government can come in and just go, you know what? You, you done fucked up. That's our money now. And so they're, some of them who have enough money are putting it over here in real estate because to them, that's a pretty safe bet. And so if somebody wants to buy all these homes, they still have to make it work. They can't just, you know, spend $50,000 more and buy up whole neighborhoods and go, now we're going to make money. Why not? How, how do they do that? Because it does turn them into rental properties and uh, the you people still will have to do and then they'll get some sort of government assistance in order to get the section eight in there. They'll they'll make money off of it. No, they're not going to turn those houses into section eight houses. That's just not what they'll do. They'll do whatever it takes to make money. If, if they if they aren't making money on them, they'll figure out how. Right. And I'm saying you have an underpants gnome problem here. You're saying, hey, you know, the corporations are doing it. Something's going to happen. They're going to make money. And what I'm saying is. <clears throat> You need something in the middle. If they're paying more for these houses, they still have those properties still have to cash flow. So yes, they can rent them, but they've got to make the rents make sense. In the meantime, families, people that are just getting married or just have a two or renting and they have children want to want to you know own a house. A lot of a lot of times, this is basically people's only way towards wealth or towards not, right you know towards making savings and making money. Um, they have to wait. They have to sit on it. They have to sit there and, and, and pay exorbitant fees for rent. And, and they're just kind of iced out of the market until things change. Why are they paying exorbitant fees for rent? Where do you get that idea? Because that's what's happening. No, that's rent, not what's happening. Rent is, ex, is extremely expensive now. Right, but it's not anywhere near the price of housing. It's, it's more to pay rent on a monthly basis than it is to pay a mortgage. Oh, absolutely. That's but what it's, I'm saying. But it's always been that way. I know. That's what I'm saying. So they're stuck in that situation until somehow this corrects. Right. But the point is the cost of owning a home is approaching the cost of because the market is pushing up. So it's actually making renting more attractive. Which isn't good. Why not? Because home ownership is, is they we, there's been studies done saying that it, it actually is. Um, better for society to have people have a stake in what in, in the property they're at. Absolutely agree. Okay. So if the cost of renting is approaching what it costs to buy a house, then those people renting those houses that they paid too much money for can't 
push super huge rents to pay for the extra money. At some point, the cash runs out. The reason we have a housing uh, push right now is because half of half of this is people thinking, I better buy a house. I got to get in on this now. And the truth is, it's probably best just to wait. Market goes through cycles like this all the time. And well, the fact interest that, rates are low. And, and yeah, exactly. The, it, this was a good time. Well, and then, but you've got my, my situation is, is frustrating as fuck. Right. Because it's been a year now where on and off I've been looking for houses. And every time you go in, it gets worse. It gets harder and harder. Yeah. And this is probably going to last for a couple of years. But the Fed already came out today, maybe it was yesterday, and said there's probably going to be two interest rate hikes in uh, 2023. Now, that's, that's uh, you know, a year and a half from now. But my point is this is going to come back around. And so people think I got to buy a house because the interest rates are low. Well, it doesn't make any sense if you pay thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars over what that house is worth. So just wait. Right, I'm not. The market comes back. That's what I'm not doing. I'm not going to try to compete with BlackRock and pay fifty thousand more because I can't afford it. If I'm paying fifty thousand more for a house that's only worth, you know, what? It, like you can't even have a single family live in it. Then what's the point of having it? Right. Because it's gonna, like you said, it's gonna correct. Yeah, so it's you gonna have, correct. So you're sitting there, like I said, you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs, waiting for how long? Do you have to wait for this? To, to the market? Oh, probably a year and a half. Because it's got undue influence by people like BlackRock. Yes, it already has the influence of just the market itself of people running out to buy houses because interest rates are low. I get that. But then on top of that, to have to deal with shit like that with BlackRock, that really just pisses me but off. But you know what BlackRock... like a thumb in the fucking eye. They're not doing this because they want to put Section 8 housing in or they think this is some evil way to lead to the Great Reset. What they're doing is saying, look... If we Isn't can... it though? No, it's not. They're doing this now saying, hey, if we can buy these houses and they appreciate in value, because in the short term they will, we can put that on our balance sheet and that looks great. And guess what? If three years from now the market starts to go down, we're going to sell these off for $30,000 less, right? But we already had an increase in our stock price because our revenue has been going up. And we'll just take that loss against our revenues. So they'll have a tax offset there. That's, That's what they'll do. Works great for them. But in the meantime, what happens? You have a property that either was not taken care of by them, so the price went down even farther. And if you can fix up a home yourself, hey, great deal. Or one that was taken care of by them because they got renters in there, didn't come down as far, but now is back where the market is and can borrow money again. You know, go in and get that house. It's, it's not some evil way to lead to the Great Reset. It's just the same way with everybody saying, did you know Bill Gates is the largest farm farmland holder in the entire country. And you know why he does it? Because he wants to manipulate, you know, the crops and the the output and everything. No, he does it because it is a huge tax shelter for him. I hate the word tax shelter term tax shelter, but he's a, that's he's what a, it is. a big, a big uh, one world order type guy. He wants to usher in the fucking, the, the what open borders bullshit. He's, he's said it. So you don't think that's part of it? Of course it is. How is it part of it? How did the two things Everything relate? he does is part of it. Everything well, he does to, to amass my, wealth is to order to manipulate us, which is what he's been doing behind the scenes with the COVID shit, too. My point is you got to show me the, the direct causal link. I'm and not going to be able to. Direct, because, because there is Because it's one. easy for them to hide that or they have uh, enough... Uh, lawyers and, and, and rich politicians. No, it's, a simple, it's a simple Occam's razor thing. He is buying the farmland because it's a great tax offset for him, and he needs it because he doesn't want to pay billions in taxes. Because he's because he's got to use the he's got to use his his uh, his wealth and his uh, influence behind the scenes to fuck us over. <laughs> well, let me put it this way: uh, he can have all sorts of open, open butter policies and all that stuff, but if communism comes into place. There's nobody who's going to feel it worse than Bill Gates, and he's smart yeah, enough to know that. He'll be part of the political elites that basically live like billionaires anyway. Uh, yeah, but eventually. That's, that's what they all believe anyways. That's what that's what all these utopians believe. They believe that they're the smart ones, so they're going to be in charge, and they're going to be living the good life. Well, to some of them, they will be. Yeah. But. Yeah, the very top of them. If you just want to be rich, and you are rich, capitalism is the best way to go, and you know it. So there's no way you go from being Bill Gates in a capitalist country to being Bill Gates in a communist country and thinking that works out for you. And all of this other stuff is just conspiracy theory. And all I'm asking people to do is show me the link between 
BlackRock buying homes and the Great Reset because I want to see it because I got about four other explanations that make perfect sense. Yeah, I never I never really connected the dots to the Great Reset, but it's it is shitty that in this moment when I'm looking for a fucking house that I can't get a house and I'm just sitting here just fucking twiddling my thumbs and um, trying to accrue wealth, but not really doing it. Well, my point is, I don't think it hurts people to wait. It just, it doesn't. Because the market always comes back around. Who cares? <laughs> you don't have any feelings anyway. It's very stressful. Well, so what is the difference between BlackRock buying 10 homes and three guys getting together and deciding they want to own some rental properties and buying two homes? What's the difference? If they're if they're in a neighborhood where where it's it's generally all families like people not renting their houses, then I, I would say I would rather not have them buy those houses to rent out and destroy the uh, property values and the and the cohesion of that neighborhood. If I could if I could if I could get a uh, well, in there's a perfect plenty, world, there's would, plenty of neighborhoods that don't allow it. There's plenty yeah, of neighborhoods that have HOAs that say you can't have rental properties Great. there. But okay. if there's some that that can't, uh, yeah, then there should be more of them. They should expand those so that so I can you, buy a house. And so you want more HOAs is what you're saying. Yes. You're for more local government Love regulation. Love HOAs. Love them. You no, know, so I, I get, I get the, I get the uh, contradiction of what I'm saying. Um, but That's all I needed to hear. Because I don't want, obviously I don't want government overreach in anything, but I'm not a anarchist either. I'm not a, a minimal, a minimal, I mean, I'm a minimal government guy. But since the government's going to be involved in all kinds of bullshit anyway, at least you could try to try to get um, the, uh, housing, uh, I guess I shouldn't say that because what they did last time was Fannie, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and completely fucked the yeah, made, and they made did a housing that, bubble. They did that a totally different way. <laughs> and what they did was just stupid. I mean, they. So, but that's when the government got involved. That's the problem right. saying, well, the government should get involved. And me saying that sounds stupid because I know when the government gets involved, it fucks it up. Well, when I hear you say, I'm aware of the contradiction, do you know what I hear? <laughs> Rooster, I know you're right. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about John Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we can talk about John Roberts. That son of a bitch. <laughs> He's not that bad a guy. All right, so uh, John Stewart is on his way to being canceled. <laughs> yeah. Because, it, and some people have said, oh, he was just being funny. You know, he was just trying to be silly. Uh, and it no, was satire and parody. Yeah. It was funny because it's true. Yeah. There's there, there, a lot of these comedians that do slice of life comedy. Mm-hmm. The only reason it's funny is because there's truth to it. If it was just absurd, um, that would lose the humor pretty quick. You're like, well, that has nothing to do with reality. So how is that funny? If it was just absurd, it'd just be like Victoria's Secret, yeah. you know, putting lingerie on big fat people. So, yeah. <laughs> um, well, John Stewart went on the Stephen Colbert show, and those two go way back. And Stephen Colbert has a career because he was on The Daily Show, which I don't care what the Craig Kilborn fans say. John Stewart made The Daily Show funny. Um, and he came in after Craig Kilborn. So Stephen Colbert from that did like little characters. Yeah. Went on to do the Colbert show who was, or whatever that was. It was his comedy central. Yeah. Colbert. He played a fake conservative guy and blah, blah, blah. So he's a screaming liberal. And I mean, pretty much almost literally a screaming liberal. And he has one of the late shows on TV. And he's totally in the pocket of the, the Dems, and he's basically yep. part of the propaganda machine of the Democrat Party. So he has John Stewart on his show, and Stewart hasn't been out of his house for 15 months, the way he says it. But um, So he comes on the show, and do you want to play the thing? Yeah, what happens? so we'll play some of the clip here. If you, wanna, if, if you want me to interrupt, just... If you haven't seen this video, I put it on our Facebook page, Bread and Circus Podcast. Check it out. The audio is one thing. To see Stephen Colbert's discomfort. Yeah, you can hear it, but to see it is to see it be, is even yeah. better. All right, here we go. It's the exact same. How do you feel about the science now? Well, though? so I will say this. I, I, and I honestly mean this. I think we owe a great debt of gratitude to science. Science has in many ways helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was more than likely caused by science. (laughs) Uneasy laughter. So, and that's kind of... Pause a second. If you listen to that laughter, there's two, there's two rounds of it. There's the first round of uneasy laughter, like people going, is this a bit? 
And then people who laughed harder afterwards going, I think it's okay to laugh at this. I almost heard the opposite of that. That's weird. I should hear that. We should play that back again. Go ahead. Because I heard kind of a more like, oh, okay, we get to laugh now at this because this is how we feel. And then going, oh, shit, that's not the approved um, line. We, we kind of now I'm, now I'm nervous laughing. I, I heard it different. Maybe, we got to hear this again because I, yeah. I heard the opposite. Try that again. To science. Science has in many ways helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was more than likely caused by science. <laughs> so, so I think the second round of laughing yeah, is more genuine. And that's kind of... Hold on a second. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was kind of a, a swell. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So now Colbert kind of leans back in his chair and takes a sip of coffee because he's like, oh, shit, I got to do some damage control here. I just I wish we could get the audio of what his producer is saying in his ear yeah. the whole time. And, uh, Stuart knows at this point. So he gets up and kind of runs out of his chair. He's like, no, no, don't come at me. Yeah. All right. Now, listen, listen. I'll, it's I'll, coffee. I wouldn't I'm, do that. I wouldn't for, do that to you. I'm so what, what do you? Takes, but, what do you? What, 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 what do you mean by? Do you mean like well, so this was, perhaps was, there's, there's a chance that this was created in a lab? There's an investigation. A chance. Well, but, so, I, 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 oh I, my if god! There's evidence. I'd love to hear. It. There's I just don't a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. That's just that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they ask those scientists, they're like, how did this... So wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan Respiratory Coronavirus Lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> and you're like, no, I, you, you, the wait, name wait, of your lab, wait. if you look at the name, look at the name, can I, let me see your business Colbert's card. Colbert's just twitching. Show me shoes. your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come on. Okay, wait, okay, a, wait, okay. A, wait a second, wait a what second. What about this? What about this? Listen to this. Wait a second. All right. John. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean. Or it's the <laughs> chocolate factory. Maybe that's it. That could be. That could be. That, that could By be. By the way, Let me... I gave them all tuberculosis. Just <laughs> that, could, that could very well be. And Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins and Anna Yates have said, like, it should definitely be investigated. Don't stop with the logic and people and things. The no, name of the disease. Wait a second. Wait a second. The building. Wait a second. But I, I, it could be possible. You could be right. It could be possible that they have the lab in Wuhan to study the novel coronavirus diseases. This is the best because in Wuhan there are a lot of novel coronavirus diseases because of the bat population sure, no, there. I understand. It's, it's like the same. It's like, a local a specialty, and it's the only place to find bats. You won't find bats no, anywhere but it's like else. Saying, oh why? wait, Austin, Texas has thousands of them that fly out of a cave every night, every night at dusk. Is there a, a coronavirus in Austin? Coronavirus? No, it doesn't seem to be an Austin coronavirus. <laughs> the only coronavirus we have is in. Wuhan, yes, where they have a lab called what's the lab called again, Stephen? <laughs> the Wuhan Novel Coronavirus Lab. I believe that's uh -huh. the this case. was a boxing match. How long match. have you worked They'd for have Senator to stop Ron it. Johnson? Let oh, you yeah, that part. Yeah. Have a lab called what's the lab called again, Stephen? The Wuhan <laughs> Novel Coronavirus Lab. I believe that's uh -huh. the case. And now, how long have you worked for Senator Ron Johnson? Let me tell you something. He just won that fight. Oh, right? yeah, he According did. According to the people, they were just waiting for him to give him that the, that one-two punch right there. Well, so now John Stewart, people are talking about how he should be canceled. He's uh, allegedly getting death threats. 
you know, the left doesn't want anything to do with them because you can't say these things. Yeah. Despite the fact that there is mounting evidence that shows this was engineered in a lab. Right. Including the former CDC director or who, no, CDC director, who came out and goes, I'm just not seeing the animal jump to. Bats to something to people. I'm not, where, where is it? Where's this animal? Yeah, actually, the, the wet market it supposedly came from didn't even have bats as part of the, uh, supposedly, as, as part of the menu items that they had people yeah, selling. Yeah, it's just, and, and uh, there's, but, there's vi- but then they go, well, yeah, it wasn't bats. It jumped to another species and it jumped to people. There's virologists now saying, you know, we saw it under the microscope right away and went, holy shit, this thing's engineered. And again, you and I disagree on this. You think the Chinese let it out on purpose. I think they let it out because they had bad controls. Uh, I don't think I ever said that. I thought China let it on purpose. I, I think I think they I think they were developing these. Play things. the tape. They were developed. I don't think I'd ever said that, but I, I do think there is a conspiracy to um, once it got out to infect the rest of the world, so that they weren't the only ones that would have to deal with it. Yeah, I can see that. That was that was my kind of. I didn't quite go to the point where they kind of created it and, and, and let it loose. I think we can check because the if tapes. they did, they would have not let it loose in Wuhan. They would have let it loose somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Well, they got a lot of people. They probably figured, eh, what's the big deal if we yeah, kill 30 we million? We care about our people anyway. And we have a lot know, of them. We're going to do that uh, you can have two kids now thing anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I I don't know. It, it, there's more and more evidence all the time that not only was this done in a lab, but the United States was funding gain right. of function. Yeah, and that's the reason why they wanted to, to nix this so early and, and so fervently is because Fauci's balls deep in it. Yeah. So, he, I mean, but he, his people have been dealing with China and with, with gain of function, which is that where you take a virus and you try to make it more hardy or, or spread or be replicate faster um, in order to study it and come up with supposedly come up with uh, to get a jump start on it. To, uh, on the on the on the next pandemic, so that you're like, oh no, we've dealt, we know how to deal with this because we've created it and we've fought. But I don't know, it's it's a Pandora's box kind of situation. Well, there's people on the left who want to dismiss this as, oh, so this is a big conspiracy theory, so Anthony Fauci can get rich, right? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying he, just like John Stewart is saying in in this uh, video, he's saying when scientists, he says science will do whatever it wants to do. And there's not someone in the room going, I don't, I don't think you should do that. You know, he talks earlier about, yeah. about uh, there's two ways to cut an atom. One blows up everything, and the other one powers the world with energy. He goes, and which one do we do first? And I think this is not Anthony Fauci trying to enrich himself. This is Anthony Fauci using government resources to say, yeah, cool, let's just let's try it and see what happens. It's because, the, because he's got this arrogance of we know better. Yes, everything in the pursuit yeah. of science. Yep. And I think after a while, and this is one of John Stewart's points in his whole monologue here, is that we need to put some restrictions on what science can do. Right. Because you're normal just, oh, well, we trust them. Yeah, you don't just defer to the science. Yeah. That's why we have, uh, you know, um, laws and politicians that aren't uh, scientists. You know, we don't put the, we don't put the, um, the, supposedly the the professionals that have one specialty in charge of everything you know they they can be they can be a um a voice that the that the politician will turn to and go okay what do you what's your expertise say about this and then i'll make an informed decision based on other people's expertise on different factions of society in order to make a policy you don't just have the scientists go well you know it's it's this is how it is and i don't care about the housing market i don't care about um suicides i don't care about the opioid addictions all that because i don't care that doesn't matter to me the science fuck it let's see yeah, what happens yeah yeah so that's why you don't go well the science says so of course you have to know because first first of all the science doesn't say science never says the science is always uh, open to interpretation and open to uh open to be um uh reapplied and what's the word for it where they do the the double blind testing and then they uh, find out that they their assumptions were completely wrong i mean it happens all the fucking time yeah so there's theories in science there's there's very few like facts in science that are just like hard facts that will never change so you know trust the science no <laughs> no you can use that as part of a uh, part of uh your your how you get informed but that's not the be all end all i don't see i don't care trust about in god is what i'm saying rooster <sighs> Yeah, I can hear that from you a lot. I'm just saying 
look, I don't, it's not a matter of trusting the science. It's I don't trust the people. People who are given free reign. Fa- Fauci's a bureaucrat. People who are given free reign to do whatever the hell they want generally do some things, excuse me, that they shouldn't do. And there are tons of examples of this. I mean, the first atom bomb, again, they were pretty sure it wasn't going to destroy our whole atmosphere. But they weren't sure. But there was a chance. I mean, it was like so small. But, you know, hey, in the name of ending the war. Might cause a chain reaction that obliterates all the atoms. Yeah. I've mentioned this before. There There was a satellite or... Uh, something that when I was in high school or college that was that was uh, going out in the solar system and it was coming back around Earth and catapulting around. It was powered by like two pounds of plutonium or something like that. And they said, well, you know, if it did have an impact in our atmosphere, if they miscalculated, it would spread plutonium over and kill half the planet. Hmm. And I'm going, who says they get to do this? Yeah. I mean, you can go back to the um, Tuskegee stuff, the... The experiments they did on people, black people in the South, with injecting them with venereal diseases, yeah, telling them it was yeah, telling them it was a vaccination. Yeah, you know, I mean, those those guys in Germany in the 30s and 40s were doing uh, lots of experiments on a uh, on a certain religious population. I mean, oh, that was in the name of science. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm not comparing Fauci to those people. What I'm saying is. Just like government, scientific uh, world is populated with people who are fallible and not necessarily trustworthy. So we shouldn't just trust them. We should always be skeptical. Yeah. You know? Of, any, of anything. Any, any specialty or any... Like, science is the only thing. Like, be, be skeptical of everything. The political viewpoints. If you just don't root for one team or the other... I, it, I I liked Trump a lot of what he said, but when he said when he had stupid ideas or I didn't like what he said, I didn't go. Well, it's Trump, so it's got to be cool, right? Yeah, and that's what most most people end up doing. That like I'm not, I'm not a big vaccine guy. I, I just think I it's I think it's over pushed. I think it's under uh, under tested and all that. Fine. Trump was like rah rah vaccine, and I'm like oh I don't like it. Like I didn't immediately go well. Since Trump says it's okay, it's got to be great. Well, I had some friends ask me, they said, so when are you getting the COVID vaccine? I said, to be honest, I don't think I'm going to get it. They're like, what? I said, I don't have underlying conditions. I didn't get it when it was rampant, at least as far as I know. I've known people who got it and had a really hard time. I know people who got it, tested positive, barely even knew they had anything. I said, to be honest, I thought it was hay fever, you know. So I've seen that whole gambit. I, I don't have pre-existing conditions. I'm not overweight, despite what Wild Wilson says. <laughs> uh, or or uh, Joe Jabroni. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Rooster, you sound fat. Anyway, um, but so uh, I, I don't have any of those. Now, my wife and one of my kids has has some, and so they're struggling with do I get it or not? And I'm like, if if you want to get it, get it. But I was talking about that with someone and they said, what do you mean you're not going to get it? Well, are you an anti-vaxxer? No, I've had all the measles, mumps, rubella, polio shots, all that. My kids have them, all that stuff. But guess what? They've been around a while and they've been injected into multiple millions of people. Which is why autism is on the rise. For generations. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, not, I'm not. I'm not, not even touching that. <laughs> no, I just. Talk about just, not science. I know. <laughs> just um, just thought so, I'd get a rise out of you. Hey, Tony Braxton and, mm-hmm. and uh, Jenny McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And we follow them because they know the science. Um, but so I'm just like, those have been tested over generations. And by the way, if you get polio, I mean. I don't know if you die from polio, but you're not going to walk again. No, you got to live in an iron lung. Yeah, I think that's just keeping you alive in the last stages. I think if it goes that far, you're dead. So I don't know if polio kills you. Um, anyway, not a doctor. Don't trust my science. But so I'm not anti-vaxxer. I'm just like, hey, we'll take a wait-and-see approach to something that if you told me I was going to get it, if, if there was an Ebola outbreak and there was an Ebola inoculation I'm probably getting it. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm I'm trusting I'm trusting what I'm seeing with my own eyes since day one. This is not the uh, existential threat to humanity that they are trying to pretend it was. Well, here's the difference. You'll get Ebola, 
you're probably going to die. Yeah, you're going to bleed out of every orifice yeah, before you die. Your, your internal organs are going to liquefy and you're going to shit them out. Mm-hmm. So that does not sound like a good way to go. So, yeah, if there's something that will protect me from that and I have a good chance of getting it, I'm taking that vaccine. If you're telling me that there's a slight possibility that I could die or have permanent injury or I'd probably just be fine, I'm, I'm not seeing a need to inject something into my body. Right. That's it. Yeah, I'm I, not even. Yeah, I'm, I'm past justifying not wanting to take the the vaccine at this point. You know? Well, me either. Yeah. But I don't care if people get it, and I don't care if they don't get it. Yeah, I'm not you telling know? people not to. I'm just saying, don't get it. <laughs> Make a choice. <laughs> yeah, get it if you want it, and don't get it. I mean, I most people in my my life, I think the majority of the people I know have gotten it. Yeah. So. And you don't talk to any of them anymore, do you? Well, you know, when they mutate into killer zombies. Do you do the um, invasion of the body snatcher, Donald Sutherland, point at him? Yeah. I want to watch that movie again because I can't remember the whole story, but God, it's creepy. Yeah, I saw it when I was too young. So it like, creeped me out. Yeah. Ugh. Like Salem's Lot, I saw it when I was too young. I'm sure that's not that scary, but I, I haven't seen it since, and I remember being very scared by it. Yeah. Well, I see Idiocracy now, and that horrifies me. Yeah. <laughs> There's certain movies that when you get older, they make you <laughs> Yeah, you're just scary. like, oh, my God, that's scary. So, all right, we're running late here. All right. If you want to contact us, an email, it's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. And you can check us out on Facebook at Bread and Circuses Podcast. See you. Bye. Bye.